The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome to MASH Minute! I can't say welcome back to MASH Minute, that feels really weird. (laughs) I'm one of your hosts, I'm Tierney Steele. And I'm Megan Coleman. And joining them is me. Uh, my name is Hal Bryan. I'm uh, known in the Minute world for uh, the Rocketeer Minute and then guesting on a lot of other shows. We did give the Into the Night Minute, did a week of the Die Hard Minute. I'm an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and glad to be here. Oh, you did that so well, and thank you, because I was like, yeah, our guests introduced themselves, and I'm like, that's kind of awkward for the first minute. Wait, do I talk now? Do you talk? Who's who's talking? Who's talking? So to the listeners, welcome. You made it. You may have listened to our little teaser, which we recorded quite a while ago. (laughs) Hopefully you've listened to our teaser, because if you haven't, it means I still haven't figured out fixing our RSS feed, and that would be very bad for the first episode. You wouldn't be hearing this, obviously, if I hadn't done that. So Mm. go past... Us, Megan. (laughs) Yeah. Megan and I have been besties for over a decade now because we both... Is that accurate? Holy crap. (laughs) Does not seem that long. We both went to grad school, walked into our room, and I said, you have mashed DVDs here too. What? Talk to me, lady. We must be friends. What? Yeah. Hi. (laughs) It happened very quickly. It was lovely. (laughs) How quickly? um, I knew Tierney for like maybe less than a month, and I was like, so listen, I can't invite everyone from grad school to my wedding, but you're getting an invite, so keep it on the down low. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So (laughs) you were just walking around college, both of you carrying MASH DVDs? Or (laughs) how does that actually manifest Uh, itself? Almost. We lived on campus. Ah. Um, Almost, yeah. Which is kind of a weird thing to do at grad school. Well, it is and it isn't, but we both did it. And survived to tell the tale. And I think I went to your room first. Okay. And saw your DVD collection. Because you have, you had an extensive DVD collection in your Yes, I am that nerd. Oh, I'll I'll put mine against anybody's. (laughs) Both my collection and my nerddom, I promise you that. And uh, I think I saw the, well, you know, the MASH DVDs are, if you've never seen them, there's usually at least three DVDs to a season. Mm-hmm. And they're thicker than your normal, you know, just movie DVD. So they kind of stick out, especially with that font. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was sort of And like, 11 of them in a row. Right, exactly. Because we're the nerds who have all the seasons. Actually. And brought all the seasons. Not, I not didn't just, like, have all 11. Season. I completed my copy, my uh, series after moving to Boston. So I think ah. I only had eight through that point. But, but you had okay. enough that it also, when they're together and they're fat. Yes. <laughs> Makes you go, hello. <laughs> What's that? Is that uh, mash? Unmash related. If you go back to grad school and you have the opportunity to live on campus, do it because the meal plan is a magical thing. <laughs> yes, guys, people will just make you food and then clean it up after you. 
It's beautiful. Someone so, cleans your bathroom. I mean, yeah. you don't have to share it with like 40 other people, but like you don't have to clean it. It's it's a good time. It's a good two years. Anyway. Is there a, is there like an upper <laughs> age limit for that? Do you no. know? You... No, there were people. Um, our RA was probably in his 40s or 50s. Wow. Yeah. So as we're recording this, I know it's going to air quite a bit later. As we're recording this, I'm one day shy of turning 51. And uh, <laughs> this is how I'm, I'm spending my birthday eve is helping kick off Happy this match minute. Well, thank you. I, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And you can <laughs> choose to believe that. I will. <laughs> Excellent. You can take and leave it if you please. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm wow. going to just sit back and applaud quietly. <laughs> That's a big classic. You can't tell. So for those who haven't listened to a Movies by Minutes podcast before, there usually isn't quite this much rambling, except on our show where there is. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> We're going to cover one minute of this movie per episode. So... Today we're covering Minute One. It starts with the 20th Century logo and fanfare, and it ends with a zoom in to the dangling arm of a wounded soldier on the helicopter. Ends with no titles on screen with the line, I'm going to lose it anyway. So I think Fred Williamson is our last name that we see this minute. But yeah, we're just going to talk about what happens in this minute and in our lives and in how our guest loves MASH. Or doesn't love MASH, as the future cases may be down the line. (laughs) Why don't we start there of, Hal, do you love MASH? (laughs) I do. I uh, (laughs) certainly grew up, you know, watching the series. And then I was, you know, I was one of those guys who was just the right age to to be weirdly surprised to learn that there was a movie. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then going back and watching the film and and seeing how different it was. I do have to to backtrack slightly. And so you know where my nerddom really comes from. Anytime I see that 20th Century Fox logo and hear that fanfare, I'm expecting Star Wars. Oh, and, yes. And oh, as soon yeah. as, you know, as soon as you don't give me Star Wars after that, I'm slightly disappointed and then I regroup <laughs> and kind of move on with uh, move on with my life. Yeah, absolutely, uh, you know, loved the series as a kid. And then, you know, like I said, discover the movie. And it's, it's jarring in a way to sort of, you get so used to the tone of the series and you go back and you watch the movie It's not what you're expecting. (laughs) The movie is a uh, black comedy, is how it was first described to me. (laughs) Yes. A little dark humor going on compared to the TV show. (laughs) Right. And, you know, the TV show tackled all kinds of themes, and you had your serious episodes and your lighter episodes. I don't know if either of you are all Futurama fans, but there was a great Futurama episode (laughs) where they had, was it the iHawk medical robot in Korea, and he had a switch that he could flip between you know, between humor and maudlin, just back and forth. And he was, oh, it was just hilarious. It was a perfect, perfect sort of Hawkeye Pierce kind of thing. Just since we're bouncing around, and that's that's mm-hmm. the only way that I that I like it, I, I notice, in, you know, in the notes you, you call out, when we first see the word mash after the fanfare, we zoom in tight. Yeah. There's no punctuation. I'm trying to remember, and forgive me for my ignorance, do we see later, do we see the, uh, you know, the M asterisk, et cetera, punctuation in the film, or was that just a convention for the series? I think there's a sign somewhere with it. Yeah. Or a production, like I can picture a sign and it has, but it's weird. It doesn't look like punctuation. It's very large spaces between them with the asterisk. Oh, really? But I, now I can't remember if that was in the movie. That stuck out to me because in in my job, one of the things I do is I write for a pretty large aviation magazine. And over the last, I don't know, five years, probably three or four times for one reason or another, I've had an occasion to refer to MASH, primarily the TV series. Mm. And I put in the asterisks because that's 
That's yeah. that's right. That's the title of the show. That's what it says on those uh, DVD cases and things that you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. But we use, I'm sorry if this is getting way, way too nerdy for you, but we use uh, Associated Press style primarily with, with adaptations for aviation-specific stuff. Mm-hmm. And AP is adamant that when you quote, when you refer to the show, you do not put in the asterisks. And I'm sick of Ooh. it. I want that to change. That's, um, mm, yeah, I so, would almost think it's the opposite. Yeah. Where that, the our, movie doesn't have asterisks, the TV show does. <laughs> right. But it's, AP says no matter which you're referring to, you just cannot use the asterisks at all. And uh, my, well, that's my MASH mission in life is to get AP <laughs> to change I, that. I was a history major, so I'm Chicago style all the way. So well, up yours, AP. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we're, I, we're hybridized AP at work, to be honest, because we do so much. There's so much aviation jargon and lingo and all this kind of stuff that we have to we have to have our own style guide. So we start with AP and then build on it. But oh, anyway, I'm, currently this show is this show combined with 2019 technology is trying to break my spirit because now <laughs> when you do capital M asterisk and then capital A, it says, oh, you wanted M to be bold. I'm like, no, right. no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Stop it. Stop, stop, stop bolding things. Stop it. So 20th century too. Fox and 21st <laughs> yeah. century struggles. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there you go. It's perfect. That's exactly it. One thing that I had a lovely time going down the rabbit hole studying these helicopters, but then I was like, why am I killing myself trying to keep straight exactly which model this is when I know Hal's going to be on this minute and I will just ask him about helicopters because about obviously helicopters. you're a little bit more versed than me. I, <laughs> I grew up, my cousins lived right across the river from Sikorsky. Oh, and they cool. had a pool in their backyards. And so the big thing was to be playing in the pool. And as these helicopters flying overboard, try and get someone to wave back at you. Oh, that's like excellent. that was all our little <laughs> eight year old hearts wanted. We wanted to stay in the pool all day. I remember like eating sandwiches by swimming up to the side and like leaning over and eating the sandwich because we refused to get out. And then waving at those guys hanging out the side of uh, Black Hawk, just like, hi. <laughs> Oh, that is um, that is really funny. So there, that's kind of a weird little thing we have in common then. So I grew up outside of Seattle on a uh, private airstrip. Oh. So total aviation family, you know, the, the run, grass runways in the backyard and there's a hangar with an airplane in it next to the garage, that kind of thing. So you and, were in the movie Pearl Harbor, basically. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was me. I was Kate Beckinsale. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, it was kind of, kind of like if you, like the opening of Pearl Harbor, a lot of Iron Eagle, throw in some war games and Ferris Bueller and that, that's sort of my, my high school childhood. But anyway, a lot of times we would see uh, army helicopters. There was an Air National Guard or excuse me, an army reserve base not too far from us. And so we'd see them going back and forth too. And I was out there doing the same thing. I was jumping up and down and waving my arms like a moron. And then, and then my dad said, pretend like you're drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> what is this about? What, what does this even mean? So they go out there, you know, helicopters coming over, you wave and wave and wave. And then, and then you start miming like you're drinking a cup of coffee. And honest to God, one of them landed once. One of them landed, oh. hopped out, and then my mom showed up, made him coffee, I think probably even lunch. And, uh, and I got to crawl through this. It would have been a oh. UH-1, probably an H-model UH-1 at the time. And that was the coolest thing, have a helicopter in your yard. And uh, I felt like, I mean, I, I can't say it's all been downhill since then, but that was a wa- <laughs> that was a watershed moment back in the uh, back in the mid seventies. Oh wow! And I did not expect to come on and talk about that. So we are off to a good, strong start. 
Yeah, for anyone who misses your first Movies by Minutes podcast, uh, A, I'm sorry, but also B, you're welcome. Because <laughs> I really do feel like we have kind of crystallized it. I've done Movies by Minutes podcast before. I've done a, a, completed a couple of them. I've been and I just completely kidnapped Megan. I was like, hey, Megan, let's talk about MASH. And then I literally like pulled the tablecloth out and she stayed on the table. And I was like, the movie. One minute at a time. <laughs> I was like, say, say what? <laughs> but we were also on the Into the Night Minute. We and were. And I guess right. on, on Return to Oz. Yeah, let's face it, Megan, you that like was, this, don't that, you? That, 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 was my, that was my, let's see if she actually will do this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. The, uh, it's it's interesting trying to explain it to people, though, isn't it? Because they always think, so now you, each episode's only a minute long? How do you get anything done? Like, oh, no, no, no. Sit back. Or, or, we do the show. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> can talk about a minute for like 15 to 30 minutes that doesn't make any sense right (laughs) actually some minutes it is it's a little tough other ones not enough yeah some of them don't always lend themselves but we're we're somewhere around what 11 12 minutes in Mm -hmm. uh on this episode and i think we haven't really talked about this minute yet. well we talked about the fanfare and then we talked about a word so you know let's all pat ourselves on the back that we're making progress yeah there we go for those following along at home, this is the minute where we're getting our credits, basically. And that's why we're kind of bouncing all over the place. We're hearing a song, we're seeing credits, we're seeing helicopters. I Yeah? yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but I just had so much, I had so much fun researching the helicopters. And a part of that is because I'm a big old nerd and Hal will appreciate this, that already doing this project, I have had, I've always said like, I want to fly a helicopter. Like, little four-year-old me was like, I would like this very much, please. And I've oh, already gotten cool. an invite, like, well, come over. We'll figure this out. Like, you can come up with me and see if you like it. I'm just like, oh, I might be too scared now that I'm old. But Oh, no, it is so I, much, so much fun. So I, yeah. I, I've been flying, I mean, since I was a little kid, like I said, growing up, living on an airstrip and all that kind of stuff. I'm not rated in helicopters. I've, I've gone for several rides, gotten a little bit of stick time. But my very, very first helicopter ride which I'm, I'm pretty proud of was in a bell 47 g <laughs> which is the the helicopters you're seeing on screen the military call it uh, the the h-13 sioux mm-hmm. but honest to god that was just like uh, that that big big bubble out front and the big comfy yeah. bench seat just imagine just like going out into the yard or wherever sitting on a really comfortable couch and then just kind of floating away <laughs> that's that sounds awesome. <laughs> Joanne Except- is going to show us exactly how to do that <laughs> later exactly. on in this movie. The Bell 47s are all, well, the Bell 47 Gs and then H, which is the military version, are all very similar. It's it's the soap bubble cover, is, or canopy is what I've seen it called. Exactly, and yeah. And it's amazing the difference it makes where immediately you're just like, and that's the MASH helicopter. Right. It's so instantly recognizable. Now, I know that for the production of the film, they got... Uh, I think it was four or five. I'm double checking my notes. Excuse me. So they got five of them, and they were actually I was all. Say, they did crash one, so that might be what's messing up your numbers. Right. Yeah. That's <laughs> exactly. Oops. So they they rounded up five of them that were the civilian version. So they were, mm-hmm. you know, Bell 47s, and then but it's it's quick and easy to add some markings and a few other things. That, uh, and the that, things on the side for the medical. Oh shoot! The, I had what that word was. Panniers. Thank you. I was oh. picturing the word panty liners, and I'm like, I know that's not right. <laughs> so. Well, and we're there. (laughs) Anyway, please continue your fascinating and technologically accurate discussion. 
I'm afraid I can't. Uh, but anyway, so, hey, we're going to be laughing about that one for a while. So anyway, so they got they they got five of them together, modified them, and then as you said, one of them one of them crashed at some point and was kind of written off. But then the uh, there were two that they kept around for location shooting and stuff after shooting all the intro stuff, and then. As I understand, those two also went on to be used in the series. So I don't think that the two you see right here in this opening minute, and and Tini, maybe you've been able to get a little bit deeper than I was able to, but I I couldn't quite make out uh, registration numbers to say for sure whether one of those two was are the two that are sort of the hero helicopters that serve throughout the whole series. But one of the two from the TV series was just here in Wisconsin last summer. It's been completely restored. Looks just like it did you know, or would have in the movie and did in the show and everything else. And that was set, proved to be like a really popular draw. Everybody just loved seeing it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't make them out in this minute. I know there, there is the one later we recognize you're like, that's it. That's the TV show one. That's the thing. That, oh, sure. That's it. That is the exact one. But I, I didn't pick it up for these two i didn't check these two so at least one so one that was in the movie and the series the one that came here to to oshkosh last year was uh, after the show it went to south dakota it was they were using it to herd cows which is an interesting uh, an interesting type of flying to do and then they were using it for spraying you know crop dusting and and pest control and stuff like that uh then went sorry went to a guy named uh John DeLisandris in Reno and then while he had it uh, he didn't know anything about its history so he just happened to to meet uh, somebody who said, you know, this is one of the MASH helicopters, right? And he said, well, yeah, it looks like it. No, this actual end number. <laughs> you know, this individual airplane was actually on screen, and you can see it. So so as soon as he, he figured that out, and as soon as that was brought to his attention, he immediately restored it as, you know, as an H-13 uh, with the panniers, I mean, the panniers, <laughs> and... Uh, all the other correct markings and all that sort of stuff. It was really, really cool to be able to see that, to see the helicopter sort of back in its back in its Hollywood costume again. Oh, you were mentioning that you're trying to kidnap Tom Skerritt. Is that right? Get his credit on screen at this point. <laughs> that's, well, that's sort of an interesting thing. Yeah, it's not uh, super duper public knowledge or anything, but uh, it, so here in Oshkosh, we do the biggest air show and aviation event in the world uh, every summer, every July. Sorry if that sounds like marketing speak, but it's a it's a big deal. We get about six hundred thousand people, ten to twelve thousand airplanes and other aircraft that come in and stuff like this. And every night, all of us that work for this organization year round, every you know, wear a lot of hats during the big during the big membership convention or big air show. And so every night, one of the things I do is I introduce movies. We've got a big 80-foot inflatable screen. We get a few thousand people in the audience, and, and we show movies just outside under the stars every night. So uh, this year, we're kicking it off with Top Gun. And right now, there's, I think, a good chance that, and you heard it here first, but there's a good <laughs> chance that Tom Skerritt's going to come out and help me introduce Top Gun, which is going to be a lot of fun. Great. We'll see. Um, I do yes. have to say, though, that Anthony Edwards wanted to come, Goose, yeah. uh, but then he had to turn me down because he's out of the country. So Aww. he's he's dead to me. <laughs> Not really. He lives on in cat form. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. Way to just segue right back to Marvel. I can't help it. That cat like, made my year. Yeah, <laughs> okay? that cat was amazing, Captain Marvel. It- 
that was it's just 2019 fantastic. a lot of crap is happening but by god we have a marvel superhero cat all right <laughs> <laughs> and he's named it's... after a top gun character <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that so what else can we say about uh, about these cool these cool helicopters and they were well they're cool um <laughs> That's one. I know it, it's. I, I think a lot of people wonder well, how fast can something like that go, something like this. When they're when they're flying by in the formation in the opening, this they're probably they're cruising at eighty to eighty five miles an hour. They could top out at just a little more than hundred miles an hour. It's always interesting to me. You talked about zooming in on the uh, you know wounded soldier hanging there mm. with the arm hanging. Out. I don't recall anything sort of quite so visceral in the series. You know, you had people in there, but they were sort of bundled up, and there wasn't always tons of blood or anything like that and it's honestly you know aside from hearing which i know we're going to talk about later aside from hearing words to the mash theme which freak people out um (laughs) i think that's also one of the other things that tells you this is not the tv series is there's this guy's arm just dangling loose out in the breeze and it's uh it's covered with blood and all that yeah i guess it is a little more well it shouldn't be dangling that's the whole point of the canopy right exactly (laughs) so but people i guess you know in war and things people kind of get in a hurry yeah I think that's safe Maybe to say. Maybe the helicopter had to bank slightly. The arm was just close enough to the edge. These right. things happen. But yeah, it is a little bit more in your face right. than the TV show would go on to do. So we're we're somewhere in the Korean, obviously in the Korean War. And I, I don't recall if we established like where in that three-year period we are, but 1950, 51, whatever, somewhere in there. Yeah. It's still a pretty new thing using helicopters like this. I mean, the helicopter itself wasn't wasn't even that old really the first outside of nazi germany really the first practical helicopter you mentioned sikorsky that was uh sikorsky uh, vs 3000 and that flew in 1939 the sikorsky r4 and r5 saw some service in world war ii and in fact the very very first use of a helicopter to evac uh, evacuate uh, wounded soldiers or in this case it was wounded uh, raf pilots was in World War II, kind of later in the war, maybe 44, maybe as late as 45, happened in Burma. And then sort of that sort of thing, once it happens once and everybody realizes, hey, this is going to be an, an incredibly <laughs> useful tool. That, that, that went well. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's actually really interesting because I was getting a little confused reading about the different iterations of the Bell 47. And they said there was something where it was like, oh, the, the soap bubble canopy started in 53 and in my brain it pinged like hey wait a second but i've seen pictures of actual helicopters in korea and they looked like that to a lay person right I mean, there wasn't anything noticeably different in the canopy so i was like mm, yeah. maybe that was just like when it became official yeah i think i think what happened was that it uh, i think the, the bubble got a little bit bigger and extended a little bit further back, but otherwise, you know, you'd you'd recognize it absolutely immediately. And this is also the early newscopter version. Yeah, or, uh, exactly. Model. Yeah, they they had the telecopter for the television cameras and things like that. And then there was, I know, they went at least up through the J model mm-hmm. uh, with the Bell, and that was that was always really interesting to see because these these helicopters are so distinctive because there's not a ton of substance. The whole the fuselage oh God, from the engine back. To them. Yeah, it's just open tubing there's no reason to cover it because it's it's not going fast enough that you're worried about the drag it's all sort of behind the engine there's not a lot of slipstream there so they just leave it open to keep it lighter and simpler then you got you know a 
an engine and couch, basically, a small <laughs> love seat, and then a big bubble. Whereas when you look at the J model, the fuselage is completely covered in. And yeah, ins- instead of having, you know, that big bubble up front, it's, it's still got a good windscreen, but there's actually four seats, which I believe initially they were using the same engine, which just trying to, you know, make this two to three seat helicopter into a four seater without adding more power to it and adding all the extra weight just didn't make a lot of sense. But the coolest place you can see... Uh, one of the enclosed, sort of the more rare enclosed bells, like J model or similar, is in the uh, very beginning of Air America. You've got uh, Robert Downey Jr., pre-Iron Man, and pre-lots of other things in his life, flying one and just yelling at yelling at people on the ground and like almost landing it on traffic jam in L.A. when he's trying to cover it. And it's it's some really amazing flying. It's really cool to see. I know podcasting is an audio medium, so you can't see me, but my thought was, well, they just made it look more like other helicopters. And I I don't know if you can picture the face Sophia Loren made at Jane Mansfield, but that's pretty much what I'm doing as a LJ. <laughs> wow. I, I can picture it perfectly. It's that's like, just... I mean, I guess if that's what you want to do, right. but like, duh. Why? Yeah, Jane, Jane Mansfield is sitting and Sophia Loren is just, there's just daggers flying out of her eyes. I was just like, and I even was glancing because the, it's just exactly where my computer screen is in relation to my microphone too, where I was kind of even that same direction. I'm just like, I mean, if you want to enclose it like that, I guess I can't stop you. But. I, I can't stop you. But if they had asked you. I would have said maybe don't go that direction. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I, I mean, we're we're gonna get into it, but it's it's the opening credits. It's mash opening credits. This is what happens. We just I'm gonna spoil it for the end, go, but get really excited that radar starts us off in the yes. TV show. These are the infamous California Hills. Bell 47's going around and Gary Berghoff is going to be with us and it's just, it's going to be MASH, guys. <laughs> it's a whole vibe going on. <laughs> I I got so wrapped up in that I forgot where I was going. There's that nothing in. wrong with that. Now, you guys are going to, I'm sure, beat this to, to pieces and I know you've pre-recorded so maybe you already have, but Gary Berghoff was the only actor to appear in both the movie and the series. Am I right about that or was there somebody else? Huh, here's an interesting thing. He was the only actor to appear in both the movies and the series as the same character. Yeah. Ah. But there are two others that actually do appear in the movie and the TV show, but they play other people. Ooh. You're, you're weirding me out. I'm not ready for that. that that's a true pursuit question right there, right? Like, it's a good time. I hope I didn't like, completely ruin like two episodes you no, know, months not. from now or something. No. You know what? It, this is a weird recording out of sequence but it's okay because it's the opening credits like we know exactly <laughs> there's, there's and how cool there. is it that i get to be in sequentially the very very first guest this is amazing <laughs> yep we still oh. i literally when you said you wanted to be on i'm like and i know exactly who i'm gonna get to talk about aviation <laughs> so i'm excited you know as we're kicking this off I'm excited to be listening and, and following along and i hope that, uh, speaking of Gary Berghoff, at some point you're going to tell me all about his hand. Oh, boy. All right. I haven't planned to, but let me flip to I mean, I don't mean now. I don't mean on this episode. I mean as I'm okay. listening later oh, okay. on. Okay. That's all. That's cool. all. I just mean as a, as a listener, you know, when I slide back into the anonymity of the audience <laughs> from my star turn. 
which we're in the middle of right now. Speaking of star turns, <laughs> you're welcome. I love these opening credits because it starts with just the production. And then we have co-starring mm. three awesome guys. One, two, three, four, five awesome guys and gals. And then we begin our introductions. And if you hate the word introducing, you really <laughs> should not listen to this podcast. Or just hit fast forward because there yeah. are going to be a lot of them. <laughs> Infamously, only a couple actors were attached to this project when Robert Altman finally was appointed the director i think uh he was the 15th person approached with this property or something like that and he went to a well he went to a bunch of different places but the most somewhat apocryphal but true in essence true story is he went to an improv show in san francisco and basically was like who would like to come with me to Los Angeles? Because <laughs> that does you not sound guys, creepy. That's, that come sound with like me. Sort of a cult or something, right? <laughs> Everyone get in the car. We're going to go into the mountains and Road make a movie. Trip. <laughs> <Yes>. Road trip. <laughs> so for a lot of people, this was their first speaking role, their first feature film, their first... Hey, Mom, you uh, can tell it's actually me. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, Beautifully put. And so we get three introducing credits in the first minute alone. And there's going to be more. So that should tell you a little bit something about this movie. Hopefully you've seen this movie and are aware of what MASH is. Otherwise, this past half hour was probably really confusing right. for You're probably you. really like, what's going on? And you know, we're, we're half an hour in and nobody has said what MASH stands for. Oh, how remiss of us. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw it out there if anybody it's, wants to take it's, it. It's Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. And they existed a lot longer than I thought they did. Fun yeah, they did start it. very early on, didn't they? they kind of early, and they went to, what was the last one? Actually, wasn't oh, the last one to close? Like David Augenstiers was at the close of the last yes, one. I mean, was. this was a recent thing. <laughs> really? So, yeah. When they closed, yeah, it was like, I remember reading, like, oh, they're closing the last one. I was like, wait, that they still have them? Yeah. Like, and so, uh, 2005, I want to say? Something around there, yeah. You know, something you don't see uh, really in the series, and if memory serves, it's been a little while since I've seen the film, so apologies, but is that these Bell 47s going back and forth, bringing in wounded. And it makes sense you wouldn't see this in the series because the series is called MASH. It's not called hospital ship but they use them a lot for that as well is uh mm. you can either get them you know away from the front line and back to a mash unit but if it was serious enough you know you'd, you'd actually take them out to uh take them out to a ship that was a full a full hospital i'm sure that's alluded to into the you know throughout the series that those are aware but i don't recall oh, we ever see one but yeah we don't see one and we don't see the helicopter connection but if you want to know the yiddish word for bed bug you're going to get a hospital ship involved <laughs> When I woke up this morning, I, I, I'm trying to remember if the if it was my first thought was what is the Yiddish word for bed bug or was it like <laughs> the second or third, but it was on the list. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a lot of alluding to the TV show. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a, it's, it's just hard a not to. <laughs> and we're not gonna worry about spoilers. And, and occasionally we're... we might talk about the book. You know. Yes. Yes, we'll talk about the book as well. Uh, for those who talk are just dark. joining us for minute one of the movie, but have made it to this minute of the podcast, congratulations! Good job. Yeah, congratulations. There was a book originally 
than a screenplay that eventually was bought and produced by 20th Century Fox. And then this movie came out in 1970, and the TV show started in 72, ran to 83. And then it went off the air just in time to break Megan and Maya's hearts because we didn't overlap. Yep. <laughs> ah, interesting. See, I, I, rem- I watched it. I wouldn't have been watching like the first couple of seasons live. I would have caught up with those on reruns and then pretty vividly remember that very last episode. And again, you know, spoiler alert, I remember the last episode and I remember uh, when McLean Stevenson left. And- Radar having to deliver that tough news of how there weren't no survivors. Always sticks with me. You were doing so well of not actually spoiling what that was until the <laughs> last minute of that sentence. Like, it was so carefully worded. McLean Stevenson yeah. left. He departed Radar the show. tough news. <laughs> you can fix that in the mix. I promise you. You could just... I'm but just talking, and then, and then Hal said... Uh, and then it... It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think if I have anything else for this particular minute. I know we've introduced people. We're introducing the show. This feels a little crazy. I haven't done a minute one in a very long time, and it's kind of freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> hey, you're you're among friends, so <sighs> it's always easy. Gosh. One way to relax and take my mind off things is to hang out with other minute makers there's a moviesbyminutes.com which has links to all these different shows and there's a facebook group for people who make movies by minutes podcast which has been a literal lifesaver as i am learning to edit and do things but there's also a facebook group for a lot of these different shows including ours so if you have feelings insights Stories of getting helicopters to land in your backyard. Yeah, right. <laughs> For the love of God, share them with me. And you can do that at the Mash Minute Post App Listeners Ward. Get it? Get it? Post, We're very proud of that Post one. App? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Facebook is not your thing, I totally get it. I understand. If you're on other social media, we have an Instagram and a Twitter, Mash Minute. And we just have the website mashminute.com you can check that out there's lots of ways to get in touch with us if you're not on the internet at all first of all congratulations on finding this podcast somehow. <laughs> yeah that's very impressive did someone to make you listen to it on a road trip i don't know what's going on it was probably like pressed into vinyl and then like buried in a yes. vault somewhere and somebody a thousand years from now has you know sort of built a turntable and now they're listening and they are really confused they're really confused especially if they're aliens they're not from Earth. They're probably just like That's... human civilization. What the heck? What's going on? <laughs> Didn't they have anything better to I talk know, about? They have anything better to do? What kind of free time do these people have? Come on. <laughs> to be fair, if anything was going to reach an alien civilization, wouldn't it be the MASH franchise? <laughs> like, it's the best and worst of humanity in a movie. Yeah, and everything so, in between. Right here, you go. just a heads up for our listeners. Megan and I have expressed our love of Mash a lot, and we very much enjoy this show, this this movie. But there are some problems coming up. Oh. So if you've just been like, "This is wonderful," we're going to talk about helicopters and how great Mash is. Let's just point out that um, they treat women horribly. They have god complexes. And Robert Altman has made some questionable quotes about the MASH franchise over the years. Ooh, yeah. So, just like brace yourselves if you 
have these rose-colored glasses and don't like things you love to be questioned at all, this might not be the show for also, you. Also, <laughs> don't Google me too, hashtag me too and mash, because you might get a little sad, too. Oh, oh, I hadn't done that. Oh, Thanks I've done for taking that. one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that. It's not all bad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Emoji that you can't see? Yeah. Yes. Loretta Switz, a great follow on Twitter? Yes, she is. How's oh, that? How's, How's that? that? How's there that? we go. Hmm. Hmm. Alan yeah. Alba, he has his own podcast. That might make you feel better. He has an episode with Dr. Ruth. It was amazing. <gasps> that was my favorite. Oh my god, it was my favorite. I love her anyway, but like... <laughs> See, so yes, we're, there's still happy mash to be found. We're, we're plugging ourselves, we're plugging Alan Alda's podcast. Hell, we should let you plug your podcast too. We don't want to leave you out. <laughs> well, gosh, thanks. So I'm, uh, I'm sort of between movie minute things right now, although you know, the Rocketeer minute was such a fun one that even oh. after we finished 109 episodes, about a, a quarter of them with uh, with the star of the movie as our guest, he came back We with another, uh, another actor, William Sanderson, who... Some of you would know as uh, Larry, as in Larry, Daryl, and Daryl from the New Heart Show. Others of you might know him from Deadwood, including the new Deadwood movie that just came out. So we did some follow-up episodes with him. And as we're recording this, with a little luck, we're about six weeks away from recording more follow-up episodes for the Rocketeer Minute with uh, director Joe Johnston. of Ooh. So Rocketeer, Star Wars... Captain America, October Sky, lots of great, great stuff. He was somebody we tried to reach many, many times during the show, and I think we struggled a little bit getting past an assistant, but he came around and discovered us and sent us an email out of the blue saying, hey, guys, this is really cool. So that'll be fun. Your co-host probably opens a lot of doors. I realize as you said that, I don't think Megan knows that story. Ah, excellent. Yeah, so getting getting Billy Campbell, the star of the the movie, to come on um, very early made it really easy to reach out to other actors, cast, and crew. Um, we had uh, Moore Harden, who most know as Jan from The Office. Uh, oh, yeah. She came on to two episodes with us, but she's, she's in that movie. A guy named Rick Overton, who's been in everything, starting with the first season of Saturday Night Live and everything since then. He came on, and he's also in The Office. If there's any Office nerds out there, you can you can <laughs> Google and figure out who he played. But anyway, Rocketeer Minute was a ton of fun, and there's going to be some more of that coming with, with just a bit of luck. Otherwise, if there's uh, aviation people out there, I am uh, a frequent host, not uh, not always full-time, of a podcast called The Green Dot, uh, which is... Uh, one I do at work at the Experimental Aircraft Association. We call it the Green Dot because when we have our big event, we get 10,000 airplanes coming in. The airport management goes and paints colored dots on the runways. And instead of just being cleared to land on a runway, as you normally would when flying, you are cleared to land on a particular dot because we've got so many airplanes coming in that some people have to land at the beginning of the runway, some in the middle, some closer to the end, so we can accommodate all that traffic. So, um, you like airplane stuff aviation history we talk movies a lot on that one as well so check out eaa's the green dot you can find it on itunes and everywhere else i guess not literally everywhere else but other there's places. a lot of ways to get <laughs> your podcast these days there is yeah wherever you found this one Yes. Go back. Do, do oh, that again. Do that again. I also should point out that my co-host from the Rocketeer Minute, my dear friend Jim O'Kane, who's, I would think it's safe to say he's kind of one of the backbones of the whole Movies by Minute thing. He and uh, I introduced him to another guy that I work with, another good friend of mine, Chris Henry. Those two guys are doing the Apollo 13 Minute. So they've got astronauts coming on the show to talk about the movie, which is a real kick. Um, and Fred Hayes and Frank Borman um, working, are working with Gene Kranz. So that's another, uh, another great one to listen to. And I'd be remiss if I didn't give that a shout out. And if you really want to hear Chris Henry talk about aviation, perhaps. 
Perhaps keep tuning into Mash Minute. I was hoping that you guys had connected. And if if not, I was going to make sure that happened. So so good. Yes, we have. Just quickly, speaking of Chris Henry, I know we're really long, but we can make the next episode short. Whatever. It's up to us. Well, it's up to you. You're in charge. I once smuggled a can of mash beer unopened in a suitcase from uh, Seattle to Wisconsin so I could give it to Chris Henry for his vast collection of mashed things. So, and I, it was it was interesting because you see these on eBay all the time. Of course, they're all opened and, you know, been poured out. So I'm proud to say that I gave him an unopened can of what must be the world's skunkiest beer. <laughs> but, and one of the weirdest product tie-ins, like... The 70s, you guys, just be glad you kind of missed the 70s. I was a kid for, through the 70s, and it was just weird all the time. <laughs> we are definitely going to talk more weird 70s, but late 60s, early 70s, fine. Uh, tomorrow and for many episodes to come. <laughs> but for now, I will just say come back tomorrow for more of me, Megan, and Hal talking about MASH one minute at a time. Uh-huh.